share a prayer concern with our family. It'll be shared during the worship service and then given to our Tuesday prayer group. If you would like that uh, uh, opportunity to share, if you'll raise your hand and we'll bring you a note card. Uh, if you'll just print uh, very legibly, easy to read, uh, be grateful. And if you'd like it to not be read in worship but given to the Tuesday prayer group, you can do that as well. Just uh, note that on the card. Um, June 26th, that is how many Sundays away? Two. In two Sundays, we're going to be recognizing graduates in our community, uh, in our, you know, in our uh, church family. Um, in both services, we're going to read all the names and note where uh, the people graduated from. And if they happen to be in the service, either service, we're going to ask them to um, stand and be recognized. You are going to help us make sure that we don't miss anyone. Um, if you'll let us know, if you'll write the church office, we think we have the list. Paige is working on it. Paige is our um, student ministries leader. Um, but we want to make sure that we get it right. So if you have anyone that you would like to be added to that list, make sure you let us know. Speaking of Paige, they're going on a youth mission trip today to Atlanta. They're going to be, um, uh, doing all, they're going to be split into different sorts of groups. I think they're called crews and finding ways uh, to share the love of God with people in Atlanta. So they're leaving it today at 2 p.m. If you'll make sure um, you pray for them today, I'll be um, joining them right before they pull out of the parking lot. Memorial is pleased to offer college scholarships to our students. Um, this process will take place over the next month, and you can find applications in our church office. We have two uh, different scholarship applications, so make sure you look over both of them uh, so that we can share that opportunity uh, with you. Uh, Carson Radline shared with you a couple weeks ago that he needed grocery bags. Y'all have swamped him in an amazing way. If you have those, if you've got a bag full of plastic grocery bags under your sink, it's got like 75 of them, you really only need three or four, you can donate the other 72 to the church, and Carson is using them to make um, pads that go under sleeping bags for the homeless uh, that help it stay dry and help it um, stay comfortable. Um, we've got places uh, all over the church where you can leave those bags. Um, finance and Program Council meet next Sunday. Finance meets at 8 a.m. And if you're on Program Council or Church Council, we made a blessed change last month. Instead of being at 4 p.m. on a Sunday, which is about, I don't know how there could be a worse time uh, to have a meeting, uh, it's right after worship at 12.15. Um, so if you're on Program or... Um, Church Council, we meet at 12.15 on your month. This month, it's Program Council. And Finance meets at 8 on Sunday morning. Um, VBS begins today. I'm going to call up Leanna, um, who's our interim children's director, and she's going to tell you about Vacation Bible School. Good morning. Um, my name is Leanna Morris. I'm the Interim Director of Children's Ministries here at Memorial. Our VBS starts tonight. It's the Surf Shack. So if you have a child from preschool to fifth grade that you haven't signed up that you would like to sign up, just let me know after the service today or sometime this afternoon, and they can come. They're more than welcome. Um, for any of you who are a lot taller than me upstairs, I have some things hanging down on the ceiling. They shouldn't hit you. They don't hit me, but some of you are a little bit taller. Um, so <laughs> I'm sorry, but thank you. All right. Leanna, hold on. Tell us your good news. Um, what day was it? Was it Thursday? Thursday right. afternoon. I got a call from North Point Community Church in Atlanta. Um, it's Andy Stanley's church. 
that I got the intern. I'm going to be a part of their internship program from August to May. So. Leanna is staying with us through the summer, and I'm so grateful for that. She is going to help Erin Knight, who is our new children's director. Who start, they're in New York City today, her family, through the week as their last uh, vacation before they come here. And uh, Erin begins a week from Monday. If you all notice, Alicia's uh, in the band today. We're grateful to have you, Alicia. Thank you for being here. Kato. Oh, there we go. I see you. Uh, um, so let's begin our service. Please stand and sing with us. Thank you so much for allowing us all to come here and meet with our church family and give us the chance to grow and get to know you. God, I ask that you speak through Joe, speak to our hearts and our minds this morning as we hear the message and help us to take it with us the rest of the week, throughout the rest of our daily lives. In your name I pray, amen.
Please turn and greet your neighbor and children come forward for the children's sermon. a bathtub and we filled it full of water and then we took a wooden building block you all know what a wooden building block is do you think it would float or sink you think it would float we got some floaters and we got some sinkers um do you think if it was really heavy it would sink so what if it was one of those light ones in there in the preschool room do you think it would float well, my paper here says it would float. I have not tried this for myself, but it says it would float. What about a metal spoon from the kitchen? Think it would sink? Well, my paper says it would sink. I think it would sink because it always sinks. When my mom makes me hand wash the dishes, it always sinks to the bottom of the sink. Um, what about a piece of tinfoil if it's flat? completely flat, like you just ripped it off the roll. You think it would float because it's flat? What if you crinkled it up into a ball? It would sink because it would be kind of heavy then. It would sink. So some things are floaters and some things are sinkers. Not stinkers, sinkers. Um, but I'm not going to throw any of you into a tub of water to find out because I don't know if you can all swim, and that would not be fun. What about in the Bible when Jesus fed 5,000 people with just five loaves and a couple fish. Do y'all remember that story? After he had finished feeding the 5,000, he told his disciples to get into their boats, and boats float, right? Yeah. Oh, they're supposed to. And they, go, and they went to the other side of the lake while he went up to the mountains to be alone and pray. While the disciples were going to the other side of the lake in their boat, the wind came up, and the water got really rough. That would be kind of scary. Kind of like a storm was coming, you know, and when, like, in the ocean gets really, really rough, and your mom won't let you go out past your knees, or maybe that's just my mom. The disciples became afraid that their boat would sink and that they would drown. Then they looked, and they saw Jesus coming toward them, and he was walking on the water. Can you walk on the water? Can you walk on, like, really shallow water, even though your feet kind of goes under, but you pretend you're walking on the water? Yeah. Um, so he was walking on the water. And when Peter saw Jesus, Peter was one of his disciples. He became so excited, and he said to him, Lord, if that's really you, let me walk with you on the water. And Jesus answered Peter and said, come. Would you come? If Jesus told you to go walk on a lake right now, would you, do you think you could do it? I would be really scared. Well, Peter climbed over the side of the boat, and he started walking on the water to Jesus. But then he began to look around, 
and he felt the strong winds and he saw the waves and he got really afraid and he started to sink. So when he believed, he was walking and then when he realized what was going on, he started to sink. He cried out to Jesus, help, save me. Jesus reached out his hand and saved Peter and he said to him, oh, you have little faith, why did you doubt? As long as Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, he was walking on the water. But when he took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. As we go through life, there will be some storms. We will have encounters that are pretty hard. But as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus and we put our trust in him, we will be okay. But when we take our eyes off of Jesus our confidence in our, and put our confidence in our own ability, we will surely sink. Will you pray with me? You got your swimmies? Well, I need some swimmies then. Okay, we're going to pray, okay? (laughs) Dear Jesus, when the storms of life come against us, help us keep our eyes on you and put our trust in you. Amen. trying to decide if I'd rather drive in Atlanta traffic or hand wash silverware in the sink. I don't know which one. If I were Leanna, that'd be, I don't know if I'd want to do either of those. That's, that's tough stuff. Thank you, Leanna. We have um, three prayer concerns, two of which are um, similar. Prayer for a daughter with an upcoming test and prayer for a daughter with a new opportunity. For the youth and chaperones going on the trip. And for Melinda Greenlee, starting a new job tomorrow. Fantastic. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love that person that we have, that we can share good news with, who will be excited and ask more questions. That person that we can share hard news with, will patiently listen. But we know every human being struggles to completely listen and love as you do. We thank you for those people in our lives that you have placed there that we can lean on and laugh with and support one another. We thank you for your constant presence amongst us when we have good news when we have frightening news, when we have confusing news, when we have painful news. As we read the story today of Jesus' baptism, help us to see every single perspective in that story. And without making a judgment about exactly where we are in that story and how we feel about the other people in that story, help us, Lord, to see every angle to understand our part and to know a little bit more about ourselves and about you. Inspire us this morning, Lord, with the prayer you taught your disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 
come in. So last week I asked you simply to recognize the body of water, uh, bodies of water that you were driving over or walking by all the time, and to simply express your gratitude as simply as possible. It's a little different today. The body of water is the Jordan River and the instances of baptism. And so in, uh, for the next two months, we're going to talk about ways in which human beings interact with one another and with God, very close to a body of water, and what that meant for them and for God and for Jesus going forward. Probably heard this story before, but I want you to consider it in the terms of the, what we're discussing today. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. So there's something really, really important that's noted in the very beginning through the prophet Isaiah. That's the first phrase I want you to notice. Many, many people, experienced religious leaders of that time, people who had dedicated their lives to reading that text and interpreting it, thought that Jesus was completely off. Didn't know anything he was talking about. And was uh, needed to be stopped before he took anyone further off the rails than he already had. Matthew, telling this story, compiling all these things and writing them down decades after Jesus' life, death, resurrection was very intentional about saying, from the prophet Isaiah. Now, why would he want to do that? So the people who were up in the air on this subject would know that the prophet that they took very seriously, Isaiah, said that this person was coming and how he was coming. It's sort of around when he was coming and what he would do. So I want you to close your eyes and found a blank space. I want you to hear the words that Isaiah said when he was told that he would be a prophet. Woe to me, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Now look back at me. Does that sound like a person who feels confident in that position? Deeply frightened. But that might be the best way to be. How in the world am I going to do this based on who I am and who I'm around? John the Baptist, very similar to Isaiah. I'm not the great thing. I'm preceding the great thing, trying to give you the path to get to the great thing. So not only is Matthew tying back to Isaiah, John the Baptist is acting like Isaiah, saying, I'm bringing you towards that person. When Isaiah around, was around, the Assyrian Empire was after the people of Israel, wanting to crush them. 
When John the Baptist is around, guess who's around? Roman Empire. What do they want to do? Whoever's around basically wants to crush us. They want to end us. They want to make sure they... If, if we can do this dumb little religion thing and not mess with their collecting their money, not mess with their collecting their best and finest people that they want, whatever. But certainly don't get in their way. This is fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. Tying Jesus back. Let's look at verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think that you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out there, that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. So that's a little alarming to the ones who have come there, people who are of the social and religious elite, who wouldn't typically find themselves way out in the wilderness, have come out to see what this person, John the Baptist, is doing. Now, why do that? So this is Matthew chapter 3. In Matthew chapter 2, the Magi came to Israel and they said, Hey, where's the new king? What do you think the current king thought about that? What do you think all of Jerusalem thought about an upheaval of the current king and how that was going to go? No, that's not going to go well. Can we just keep things the same and not have any revolution, not have any fighting, and not have any killing, and not have any change? We just want to keep our lives the same. So that happened in the chapter just prior to this one. So now these people, these religious and social authorities, are going out to the desert to see what John the Baptist is up to. And he's saying to the people out in the desert, you've got a great opportunity, a new opportunity to follow this way. But not you people. You Pharisees and Sadducees, you, don't, you are clueless. In fact, you were supposed to be the leaders, and you're the ones messing it up the worst. Now this random guy is getting people all fired up out in the desert. And what are we supposed to do? So we got... John the Baptist out there, who was a new prophet in this era. And we got religious leadership out there who are getting scolded mightily for even being there and for what they're up to. Interesting, too, to call them snakes. What was the first thing a snake did in the Bible? Lead people astray from the thing that they were supposed supposed to do. Verse 11. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. Does that sound like Isaiah? He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear the threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. <laughs> I read this this time. Look at this is a phrase. Of, does this sound promising? <laughs> Does that sound like fun? Hey, the new guy's coming. He is going to drop the hammer. Now, a lot of times, if you're in an institution and you think you're doing a pretty good job, you go, yeah, yeah, drop the hammer on those fools. They don't know what they're doing. Wait, wait, he's going to do what? He's going to clear the whole threshing floor? 
Anything that isn't absolutely up to speed is, is going to ha- What's going to happen? Unquenchable fire. I don't know, that seems frightening. This seems very frightening. Of course, if you've gone to a major city or a major sporting event, or uh, I've never been to a major political event, but I'm guessing these people are there too. Have you seen people that have big posters that say, the end is near? If you don't turn right now, you're in real trouble. I've seen the people, that group, the most when I'm walking into uh, the Masters tournament. They set up prominently right at the front gate. Guess what the people do as you're walking into the Masters? Let's go a little wider. Go 10 feet this way. Mm -mm. I don't don't know what any of that is. I just want to see golf. I don't want to change. Mm -mm. What do you want to bet those people are doing that? They're wondering that day. What does that mean? So you have a new prophet, religious leaders being scolded, and people trying to choose, is this the person that we're going to follow? And if so, what are we supposed to do about it? Verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Let's look at your last phrase. In the river. Humanity blessed the beginning. So think about the humanity that was there. You um, potentially burned out, potentially thinking about politics more than you're thinking about anything else, religious leaders. You, prophet, who don't think you're worthy of being there. You people who have found your way out into the middle of the desert, wondering whether this is a promising thing or whether this is a frightening thing. And then Jesus comes. Um, I'm inclined to watch Westerns because they tie me back uh, to hanging around with my dad. And they, um, you know, modern action movies, action, 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 CGI, action, CGI, action, action, somebody's fighting. A lot of Westerns, Build and build and build and build and build and build. And then maybe there's something in the last 10 minutes. Typically speaking, there's some uh, guy that has a pretty fast gun, and he thinks that he's the man in that town. And then, of course, the hero of the movie has is never really the one with the fast gun. He's got a friend that's got a fast gun. And all of a sudden, those two see each other, and it's very clear. There's a new person. This person has changed this dynamic. I think it's fascinating that John was saying to the people, y'all need to lock it up. You need to figure it out. You need to change your ways. Probably not in a judgmental way, but in a very, very serious way. But then he sees Jesus coming. And he goes, whoa! 
in whatever way that I had this, whatever level that I had this going, it's now been elevated to a drastically new level. And Jesus says, I want you to baptize me. And John says, what? No, I, no, I don't think I'm worthy of that. Very much like Isaiah would say, I'm a man of unclean lips. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm around people who don't know what they're doing either. How in the world do you want me to baptize you? This is what's amazing. Number one, that God came to earth in human form in Jesus himself. Why? The same reason it would be amazing if you were on tech support line with someone. What if you didn't have to be on the phone with them waiting for uh, whatever it was? They were right there in your living room. And you were like, this thing keeps doing this thing, and I did all the things you told me to do. And tech support says, actually, you didn't turn it on. See, this button here, this button right here, that turns it on. Yeah, now we're firing. Yeah, now we're good. <laughs> when, that, when tech support person doesn't have to decode what you're telling them on the phone, and when you don't have to try to do the thing that they're telling you to do, they're in the room with you, helping you right now. Jesus comes to earth to help people understand. And then it goes a whole other step. He says, you human are going to bless the beginning of my journey to ministry. So who's Jesus there for? Is he there for the religious leaders to be re-inspired? Is he there for the people out in the desert to understand where they're supposed to go now? Is he there for John the Baptist, who's this new prophet? Which, one, which group's he there for? D, all the above. So when you see a river, I've seen people, it's really more of a diversion in Israel. I've seen people um, baptized in the water. People come from all over the planet to be baptized in that same river that he was. When you see a river this summer, you think about the fact that not only did God come to this earth in human form to help us understand more fully, God, in human form, asked a human to be part of the blessing for the future of his journey. If you don't figure you are worthy of doing something in this church or in this community, figure now you are. Not based on your actions or your words, but based on God's love that pursues us all before we ever do a thing. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your mercy and your patience. When we think that we have it together and figured out and don't need any more instruction, thanks. Or when we run away saying, I'll never get this right, don't even call on me anymore. When we figure someone beside us figures they know what they're doing, but they really don't, we know what we're doing. When we look to the person beside us and we think, I'll never get where they are. when we're too broken to come to you, when we're too proud to come to you. We're grateful for your pursuing love, coming to us in human form and asking us to participate in your ministry. Bless us, Lord, not because we've earned it or because we deserve it more than anyone else, but because we want to share that blessing with others in your name. Amen.
stand and join me in our modern affirmation. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who's come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope in life, in death, in life beyond death. God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. It's now time for our offering. And if you'll pass the attendance sheet if you have one and uh, share any contact information that you'd like.
stand and sing with us.
Alicia, we're grateful that you're here today and uh, every Sunday and every Sunday that you want to go up there. I'm just saying, I'm just saying we're grateful for you um, being here. Thank you. Um, we had annual conference this past week. Number one question people ask me, what? How's the church going? Uh, I should say there. Number one question people ask me at annual conference, how's the church going? I said, well, people are stubborn. They're stubborn people. No. I said, um, I don't know. Town's great. Um, church is great. Services are great. Music's great. Tech support's great. I have a truck in the parking lot. I walk to work. I'd say perfect. <laughs> perfect. Um, so I'm grateful um, to be here. Having been here a year, and I'm grateful to be here another year. It's, um, it is amazing to be here. It is, um, it feels like the place that I had, I've strived for, not striven for, <laughs> strived for, for 16 years. So, um, grateful to be here another year. Um, think about the youth to the, this week. Think about the children this week at VBS and, uh, any support that you can offer either. Make sure you talk to Leanna or Paige. They'll be happy to have your help. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. Let's go down, down.